Have you ever noticed how much God uses imagery and our imaginations to help our minds connect with our hearts? Even more, help our hearts connect with his. He is spirit, he is truth, and he calls worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. And we are a holiness church, amen? We are Nazarenes, decidedly. We have chosen that for our lives. And ever since I heard the theme of this sermon series, The Heart of a Pastor, I've been on quite a spiritual journey, I must admit. It's probably November we started talking about this and got, and Pastor started preparing the team for his sabbatical. But really diving into it into December, I, the Holy Spirit has just been moving in my life. And he has been using this image of evergreen for over 20 years in my life, but it has taken on a whole nother dimension. And the Holy Spirit took me all the way back to the beginning of my imagination and my memories of the first times I remember being in the presence of God. Do you remember the first time you ever felt the Holy Spirit, the presence of God? Today's sermon title is Evergreen. Evergreen is my heart, and I pray that after our time together today that you will see and understand better my heart as a pastor. But first, a few fun facts about Pastor Irene. I am an introvert. Why does no one believe me? <laughs> I know that I may seem like a lot of energy and, uh, and I'm very outgoing and I am. So I kind of border on this line, but you can ask the team. It really came out for the team that went to Belize on a mission trip. And we had spent seven to eight days, ministered to through 470 people, I think, if I remember correctly, um, that we were able to get through the clinic and every single one of them walked away prayed for. So I was exhausted. And when you are an introvert, you do not get energy from people. So when we got our couple days of rest, it was very interesting how many people were texting me, calling me, knocking on the door. Are you okay? Because I didn't come out of my room for a good long while. Then the rest of the time, you can find me on the beach, in the water. And that's a whole story in and of itself. But I think the imagery of a tree really helps me how I see myself. Because I am oftentimes standing alone. It's just been me and the Holy Spirit much of my journey and since I came back to my heart, to God's heart for me in my life. So as everybody else is running around all over the island, Pastor Irene was just enjoying some solitude. That's my nature. Shocking, I know. I'm also a tomboy. I might look cute and cuddly, but sometimes I can be a little rough. <laughs> I am joyous and, and curious, and I have been that way since a child, but I was rough around the edges, giving my mom so many gray hairs about the fight we were going to have every Sunday to get a dress on Pastor Irene. So <laughs> and another thing about me is that no matter how much I love an urban setting, how much I love edginess of life in the urban core, but I am still a small town girl at heart. So this is the house I grew up in. It's in Sterling, Illinois, around the corner and across the street from the Nazarene Church. And there is a huge tree in the backyard that was my tree. That's my tree. I think it's a Norwegian spruce, but I have to check with Dave or Enoch to make sure um, my research is correct. But when I was little, um, we'd get our, kick our ball and it'd get under there, and it was my job because I was the big sister. I have three younger brothers, which is part of the reason why I was so rough, uh, <laughs> the only girl in the neighborhood. And I'd pick up the branches so my brothers could get under there and get our ball. 
and retrieve that out from under there. And then I remember being a little bit older, probably about the size of this chica in the next picture, that uh, could just climb up underneath of there and created my whole little secret garden. It was underneath this tree. Oh, yep, that's about the size I was. Uh, it looks so sweet and nice, but again, she uh, grew up the only girl in the neighborhood besides a few pastor's daughters that I didn't get along with most of the time, <laughs> if you can imagine that. I was tough because I was sensitive. I look him back to today. Um, because of being the only girl, I learned quickly it was good to be queen. Me and the cookie queen know um, <laughs> that we, it is always good to be queen. And sometimes Pastor Irene had to regulate, so I got a little rough. But when I was about this big, this tree is, uh, was my whole world and the trees around it. Today, that tree is easily over 100 feet tall. Um, when looking at it, I cannot believe it because I can't even reach the lowest branches now. It's seen a lot. It's borne witness to many seasons, many elements, have, uh, and time has passed, and it has borne witness to many G.I. Joe wars and snowball fights. It has borne witness to me growing up and twirling around in circles and spending time with the Father. Now I've gotten to raise my children in that yard. I am a blessed woman today. This evergreen tree reminds me of two things. What you're rooted in matters, and we have a choice about that. And where you are rooted matters. Are we rooted in the things of this world or in the spiritual realm, in the things of the spirit? Getting into God's presence was so easy back then. The childlike faith God calls us to. Why have I struggled and wasted so much time in my life Pretending. Evergreen. Jeremiah 17, 1 through 14 is the scripture that God has been using for more than 20 years in my life. And he has, again, accelerated that learning in the last few months. I believe that it is God's heart for me. And I believe that it is God's heart for you. It is my heart for the church. And as God continues to use his nature and imagery, please just take in a, a, probably a different message than you're used to, uh, a version of the Bible that you're used to. But it cuts to the quick. It gets to the point in ways that I, I enjoy at this point in life. I like whatever. Uh, I am imperfect. What is it, Lord? Have your way. And I've learned to take the posture of humility. And God continues to use this imagery of evergreen tree to teach me and grow my roots deeper as he reveals his heart to me, and I'm so grateful. So take in these words, the word of our Lord out of the Message Bible, Jeremiah 17, 1 through 14. Judah's sin is engraved with steel chisel. A steel chisel with a diamond point. Engraved in their hearts, their granite hearts. Engraved on stone corners of their altars. I'll use the mountains as roadside stands to give away everything that you have. All of your things will serve as reparations for your sin all over the country. You will lose your gift of land, the inheritance I gave you. 
I'll make you slaves of your enemies in a far off and strange land. And my anger is hot and blazing and fierce and no one will put it out. God's message. Cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone and sets God aside as dead weight. He is like a tumbleweed on the prairie, out of touch with the good earth. He lives rootless and aimless in a land where nothing grows, but, but blessed is the man who trusts me, God, the woman who sticks with God. They're like trees replanted in Eden, putting down roots near the rivers. Never a worry through the hot, heated, hottest of summers, never dropping a leaf, serene and calm through the droughts. Do you get that imagery? Serene and calm, bearing fresh fruit in every season. Because you see, the heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. Like a cowbird that cheats by laying its eggs in another bird's nest, so is the person who gets rich by cheating. And when the eggs hatch, the deceit is exposed. What a fool they'll look like then. From early on, your sanctuary was set high, a throne of glory exalted. Oh God, you're the hope of Israel. All who leave you, end up as fools, deserters with nothing to show for their lives, who walk off from God, fountains of living waters, and wind up dead. God, pick up the pieces. Put me back together again. You are my praise. I can't get over it. I can't get over how much imagery, how much is in this section of scripture. He's had me captivated for two and a half months. This is amazing. And I can't cover it all, but I can glean a few seeds to plant today in your heart. As God has planted full grown tree in mine. The consequences of sin is laid bare here in verses one through four. It applies to both us as an individual, but also as a collective, as a corporate. It is generational even. God gets right to the root of the issue, sin. And daddy is mad. Deep anger, for the parents in the room know, that deep anger is rooted in deep disappointment. And for those to have that disappointment, to experience that disappointment, we must experience deep love for our children. I've been trying to do some, some word searches and understanding that. Yada and gonosco, Hebrew words that are rooted in the word sex. 
And it is also used to describe the intimacy between husband and wife, but it is also used in the concept and context of worship. That is kingdom culture. When we take what God has talk, used in the imagery to help us understand his kingdom and what he is like in his heart. God is juxtaposing sexual sin and religious sin and laid it before us. Worshiping, putting your trust in anything that is not God, to God is akin to a spouse bringing another person into the marriage bed. No wonder daddy is angry. It is akin to adultery. I've put things in my opinions, my thoughts before God, my preferences, my performance. Look at all the good things I'm doing for you, God. Why am I not bearing fruit? Or if I am bearing fruit, it's not the fruit you called me to bear. It is as true now for God's people as it was when this was first spoken hundreds of generations later. But thank God, he has a word for us today, amen? He's not gonna leave us like there. He helps us understand that this verse takes me to a place, that, to the woodshed. I think some of our older folks might recognize what I'm talking about when I say to the woodshed. It, it, it's a hard time every time I read this verse, in five and six specifically, because it steps hard on my toes. I have been known to be fiercely independent. I, again, I'm the only girl and the oldest, but I'm also a single mom. And sometimes you can't count on folks. And you learn to do it yourself. I've had some pride issues in my journey sometimes, and God's been working out more of that in the last few months than I care to admit. But I've known that I've been known to bump into life. You don't know me in that old life. I don't look like anything I've been through, but I have bumped into life and allowed life to happen to me and it bumped into me and I was crying out to God. And, but all the whole time, what I was like, letting life happen to me was like that tumbleweed, operating out of my own strength, out of my own flesh, putting my trust in my own flesh or someone else's, but not God. <laughs> the word tells me that I'm rootless and aimless, get, getting nowhere fast and having nothing to show for the energy spent. Again, behold, I give you life and death. Choose life. Thank God he always gives us a choice. We don't have to hang around me very long before you hear me say something that this word has taught me. This phrase that people get sick of me having, saying all the time. Life reflects the consequences of the choices you make. If you don't like the consequences that you're operating in, then you should make some different choices because the issue is never on our, God's side. It's always on our side. We can do life our way and put our trust in our own efforts, our own intellect and in performance in our hard work. And we can remain aimless and rootless and fruitless operating out of performance or his word shows us that we can do life God's way. Covenant living, marriage, that intimacy, that communion, bearing fruit from that marriage bread, that our roots are deep in the holiness of the Father. 
like God used Zechariah the prophet to warn the king, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says God. God is going to complete his mission with us or without us, and we have a choice. The tree has taught me a lot of things. There's blessing in trusting the Father. These words are like a healing salve to my soul. By trusting in his spirit, being the tree is what I hear in my head all the time. Be the tree. When I'm about to lose my junk, when somebody cut me off in traffic, when somebody said something on Facebook that rubbed me the wrong way, when my kids didn't do the chores I asked them to do, when I'm tearing down something or putting away something that I, a mess I did not make, and here I am doing everything all by myself again, God. You never do that to have these issues, I know. But I have a choice to make in those moments. Amazing things you can learn from a tree. Be the tree. We see beautiful networks of, of, of trees, like behind me, these uh, groves of evergreen trees, so beautiful and majestic. We see forests all over the world that are different and unique, and they grow these huge networks of branches and leaves and, and different shapes and kinds. It is the most beautiful thing. Moving out in every direction, pixelated, it is, I love trees, there's so much to learn. But everything you see above ground is a mirror image of what is operating under the ground that we can't even see. And they are soaking in from their root systems what it is they are, are planted in. Trees bear witness to God's goodness. It is important that we choose to live our lives sold out to the leading of the Holy Spirit, even now more than ever. Because there is no healing, there is no power, there is no transformation that is going to come, that's going to happen until we reconcile those two things that the tree asks us. What are we planted in? What are we spending our time? Look at our checkbooks. What are we spending our money on? What are, how much screen time are we on? How much time are we, what are we putting our treasures in and our talents? What are we using them for? Allowing God, how is God using them? What are we doing? Well, where, we're, where are we putting our roots? Is it in the things of the world or is it near living water? Never have to worry about the elements of weather and never have to worry about the seasons. Bearing fresh fruit in every season by the power of his Holy Spirit. Because the thing about trees is, you know, you can see a, a network of trees. What you don't ever see them do is striving and working and performing to produce branches, leaves, or fruit. That doesn't happen because they aren't performing. They're just being what God created them to be. They're engaging the flow of the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to simply engage and activate who they are. And there's episodic gifting. They are being what they're created to be. They're not striving to push off fruit be the tree. And the presence of God will find us out. When we are operating out of flesh, when we are operating out of performance, God is examining the condition of the heart. He's made it clear in verses 19 through 13. So therefore, humility is a constant posture of a child of God. 
And if you are a soldier on the pathway of hope, you hear me talk about this all the time. We don't have a right to be offended. The only person that had the right to be offended was Jesus. And he chose grace. So we better get into his presence because if we could do this by ourselves, we wouldn't have needed a savior. God wouldn't have needed to send the Holy Spirit. So what do we need to humble ourselves and allow God to show us as individuals? What do we as the body of Christ, as the church, need to allow God to examine and expose in our hearts? 2020 has laid bare all kinds of injustices of the world. Some more than others, some that I knew was there, and some, man, I'm just as shocked as everybody else. It truly has revealed the deep division within the church. And as much as I love the world, we're called to, to work and, and operate in the world and as Holy Spirit giftings, I am more concerned with the heart condition of the church. Because if the world has any hope at all, we, the church, have to get it right first. If we can't do the very first thing, the step of a soldier is to step in his presence and experience the living water, experience what it is he has to say for, to us, what it is he wants us to do. Not reacting out of flesh, but operating and responding through the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, the world has little hope if the church can't get it right. We have some areas that God wants to mature us in, both individually and corporately as the bride. Jesus is not coming back for a child bride. He is coming back for a grown woman, not a snotty teenager that knows everything. You don't know any of those. You've never behaved like that, like Pastor Irene either. <laughs> but a mature bride. And she will be with her oil lamps full. She will be in the garden. She will be in the vineyard working like Boaz saw his bride, Ruth. That's how I want to be found, Lord. Working, doing the last thing that you told me to do when you told me to do it. That's how you'll know how much I love you. Because when I was in your presence, I heard what you said, and then I got up and I went and did it. And life reflects the consequences of the choices that we make. We have a choice, church. We can be the tree. Experience his presence or the alternative. Constant questioning. If our tr true fruit is based out of performance, no fruit. Are we not bearing fruit at all? Or just good fruit, going after good things, but they're not what God created you to do. It is too much strife and striving to, to produce that fruit. That's not God, that's not kingdom. Even fake fruit. I know you would not think this, but you could Google my name and find sermons that I have preached a video that proof that Pastor Irene was operating out of fake fruit, was operating out of the flesh, trying to be someone usually a 50-some-year-old white male, I don't know, trying to preach like a white man so that I could do what God called me to do. I, but until God got a hold of my heart to help me understand that I, not, performance is not what is required, his presence 
And being myself, who he's called me uniquely to be, is important for the kingdom. But who's he called you to be is important for the kingdom, and there is work for you to do. Are you operating out of your flesh, or are you looking for other people to do what only the Holy Spirit, only God can do? So we have a choice to make, performance or presence. We have to understand that there's only one thing to do. And verse 14 breaks it down for us clearly. God, pick up the pieces. Put me back together again. You are my praise. Jeremiah cries out. As God's people, we hear his call. We have a choice today. Practice performance or practice presence. Truly, there's only one thing left to do. Get into his presence. And we're going to do that today in this very space. Knowing what his word says now. In his presence, we know his perfect love. For those who have been walking with him for a while, you know what that love means. What that feels like. For folks who are just now coming to the Lord, or not sure about Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, and the experience and all this, you might need some help and some prayer, some discipleship in that area. But perfect love casts out all fear, operating out of the Holy Spirit, allowing the fount of God's amazing grace and love to lead us in our lives like the Israelites, fire cloud by night, or fire by night, cloud by day. We have to get this right, church, and surrender our hearts of flesh so that God can, our hearts of stone, so that God, like Pastor Josh was talking about, can make it a heart of flesh and he can water the seeds and grow our spirit evergreen. Evergreen is really about spiritual discipline, learning to connect with the supernatural. Should not be hard for a holiness church to get our minds around to the fact that we serve a, 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 a spirit, a, a Holy Spirit, and he has work for us to do in this co-mission. This is a necessary skill, especially these evil days for every soldier, especially in the holiness tradition. Romans 12, 2 kind of transform, be transformed by the constant daily renewing of your mind. If we do not get into his presence, how is he going to reveal our dark and deceitful hearts and transform our thoughts into kingdom mindset, which is pleasing to him? Because anything less than that is behavior modification. Performance under our own will and strength. God's word helps us assume the posture of humility and get comfortable there. He helps us to face the areas and thoughts in our lives that produce flesh and world performance mindsets. And he transforms it into kingdom mindset. He can take our behavior, our critical spirits, our pride, and anything else that might be lurking around there, past trauma and hurt, and transform it for his kingdom glory. You might not connect with God the same way I do. And that's cool. That is the cool part. You don't have to. God has given us so many different kinds of ways to, to, through nature, through creative imagery, through his living word, through worship, even the sacraments of baptism and, and communion. 
All of these things and many more are examples of way to connect in our heart and our mind with his Holy Spirit. Music is another way. And I'm gonna share a song with you that is anointed and guaranteed to open the door of my heart every time I hear it and I walk right on in to that secret place. I invite you to allow, as I sing, the Holy Spirit to begin a full-on fruit and heart inspection. You have your notes there where you can take notes and, and, and write down, document what it is God is saying to you today. While I sing the song, Take Me to the King, I challenge you to take this opportunity, seize this moment to walk through the open door of your heart into that secret place. And if you don't have one, today's a great day to create yourself one and allow the Holy Spirit to create in you a secret space that you run to and can get to anytime you need. I challenge you to get real with God there and allow God to examine anything that is less than kingdom in us. The root issue really is our identity. The root of the matter that he lays bare is about our identity, who we are. Because if we truly realize that we can never measure the depths of God's love for us, we understood that we are royalty, the church wouldn't be in the state of the union it is in. We don't have to worry about performing church. We just have to get into his presence. Will you go before him with me as I sing this song? Upon your 
pray for you. Pray for us. Lord, we have taken this time to be in your presence, Lord, and we know we will be blessed. We will be transformed. You are not a God to be manipulated, Lord. Lord, I've wasted so much time trying to figure out your heart, trying to manipulate you and then getting our way. I've done it in my own life, Lord. We've done it in our own lives, but we have done it in the name of Jesus, your church. Lord, help us realize the depths of your love. Help us operate no longer out of lack of our own flesh. When you have called us to live as royalty, as your children, to live and operate out of presence and not performance, Lord, we can't understand the deceitfulness of our heart. And Lord, we need more than ever to understand the abundance of your love. Help us, Lord, to leave this place 
Even though we know the work is going on underground and unseen under with a tree, Lord, we know that you are working in ways that we cannot see. And we know we are known and deeply valued and oh, so deeply loved. I pray you seal and protect this time and the seeds that have been planted and the work that has already been done. Lord, that you would continue to nurture those seeds and bring them to full fruit, Lord, bearing fruit evergreen because we have chosen to spend time in your presence. And for us, Lord, who are continuing to struggle, Lord, we as a family commit to praying for one another, praying for the bride of Christ. And we commit today to practicing presence, to be the tree. We need you, God. We need your supernatural love. We need your supernatural power to stay connected, to stay connected to your presence in every area of our life. Even when it's scary, even when it's ugly, we know there's freedom and healing on the other side. May we continue to be transformed as we leave this sacred holy space. It is in the power of the Holy One, the power of the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Go and be the tree standing through every season, every element, through every trial, unmoved, bearing God fruit evergreen.